Hi, welcome everybody to Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. Uh, today is June already and we are on our fifth episode and super excited to bring you today's topic. It's going to be very beneficial and useful uh, for every time you have an encounter with your healthcare provider. The topic for today is how to talk to your provider and get the most out of your office visit. And with us today, we have Dr. Linda Marcus and we're going to give her a big welcome, Dr. Linda. Hi, how are you? How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. It's great to be here. And finally, we get to we get to discuss something that's going to benefit everybody. So I'm really excited about um, from like a, pers a patient's perspective and from a practitioner perspective. So I know probably you don't get a um, you don't actually go to the doctors and sit in, a, in an office or anything like that because you have access in your, you know, where you are to a lot of doctors and the hospital and so forth. So, um, but every now and then I will. So I like to, I mean, I go to a lab and I get my blood drawn. So I'm, nobody knows who I am. I just, I'm to them, I'm just a patient. So mm -hmm. I kind of look at the interaction. Um, so yeah, I think this will be, um, this would be great for people. Absolutely, I agree. And like you said, it's something that we all experience, even us in the in the medical field, um, and and even my family. You know, they go to the background. I'm always giving them the same tips that I'm going to be sharing uh, with everybody today. So mm -hmm. again, it's going to. I think it's going to be beneficial for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you think it's the biggest thing that, or the biggest challenge maybe that patients encounter uh, at their visits with their provider? You know, the number one thing that I hear in why patients come to our office is because they feel like their doctor does not listen. That's the number one, their doctor, their practitioner. Um, I think it's a little bit different with nurse practitioners. Uh, I refer a lot of my patients to nurse practitioners. Um, you know, because when I do recommend and I say, hey, I, I recommend this doctor, go see him. A lot of the times they're just they feel like they're rushed. And mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I mean, that's the biggest complaint is like, I feel like I'm rushed and mm -hmm. they don't have time for me. And the, that and that is all um, or the majority of it in medical practice, in, in traditional medical practices, based on the insurance, we have such a limited time. Uh, every appointment, it's a certain uh, certain time frame. whether it's a 10 minute visit, a 20 minute visit, and we gotta remain on time and we gotta charge based on time many times or the acuity or the how critical the visit it was or how hard, difficult the visit was. So it's very important to us to always um, try to stay in on time but that's not always or usually never what's beneficial for the patient because you are rushed, they are rushed and you're unable to provide good care. Yes, absolutely. And because, you know, we're concierge medicine practice, so our visits are longer and we're not, we don't practice the insurance model. So the insurance model is basically, as you said, you have so much time with your patient and it's it's really difficult, you know, in, I always say in defense to the doctors and the practitioners, you know, one thing I do tell patients, I'm like, listen, 
they have to practice medicine really with one arm tied behind their backs. They really can't practice medicine the way they want to because one, I said they're really limited with time. Two, they have to document everything. I said, and it's just not the time in front of you. A lot of times, a lot of the practitioners I know, they take their notes home and they spend a couple hours at home, not even in front of the patients, you know, just kind of writing notes out or making sure they're ordering the right labs and, and so forth. So I think they don't realize that it's not as easy being a practitioner and being a provider now than it was, you know, years ago. So, you know, from that perspective, I think that most patients need to realize they're human and they're doing the best that they can. And I always say, I'm human, I'm doing the best I, I can. Most of the time, because my visits are anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour, hour and 15 minutes, just depends on the complexity of that. I can't bill insurance for that. Mm -hmm. That you would know? be a huge bill. Exactly. So, you know, a lot of the times, patients need to understand that. So you have to have a game plan. If you're gonna go see your doctor, you need to have a game plan. What is it that you wanna get out of the visit? And we can cover step-by-step step what I think is easy. But also, I mean, ultimately, the patient needs to take full responsibility. You can't say, well, my doctor didn't do anything for me. But the reason you're at the doctor or the nurse practitioner or you know the hospital, it's just like, what caused you the situation that is presenting you to be there? I think that's the number one thing that we have to ask. It's just like, okay, why are you here? <laughs> why am I going to the doctor? You know, and you start asking your own questions. Why am I here? Mm -hmm. Well, so it really, it really, um, you know, that's one of the things that I tell, you know, I want to know, I have pretty extensive paperwork, it's almost like 20 pages long that a patient completes before they even come see me. And what they don't realize, and this is just because it's not in the traditional standard of care and how I work with patients. I mean, they fill that out. I spend probably anywhere from half an hour, sometimes up to an hour to review the notes, to look at the medication they're on, look at the um, their history, look at, I, I look at everything from habits to their diet, to sleep, um, stress and all that. So it takes some time for me to look at that. I can't imagine, you, you just can't do that in a hospital setting or an mm -hmm. office setting, you can't. So in all fairness, I think a person, you know, a, a patient needs to understand that and we can give them a game plan. And I would love to hear, you know, what do you feel that is the complaint that you hear from your patients? So uh, the majority of the patients that I see, um, see more see more providers in the Western uh, type medicine. Mm -hmm. um, so they're kind of used to that being rushed type feeling. That's not unusual and that's unfortunate to say, it's not unusual for patients to feel that way. However, when you stop for a second and you listen to the patient and it takes many times, it may take um, careful listening for five minutes and the patients change the perception from the doctor didn't listen to me, I didn't feel cared for, or I didn't feel like nothing was done to I feel so cared for, you know, I wanna, I wanna continue seeing you. And it just takes a little bit of time. I'm not saying that that's the ideal scenario because it's not the ideal scenario is being able to review all the records and everything. 
but just stopping for a second, just listening to whatever concerns they have in their mind versus just going in and saying, well, this is what you have and this is what you have too. And, <laughs> and that's the end of the story. Yeah. And that's where a lot of patients, I think, have a, a, a huge conflict in, in medicine. You know, they go with the problem and they can't barely say the problem when they're already walking out with a prescription. They don't understand what the prescription's for. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge challenge between playing with time, not listening close enough, not taking, of course, enough time with patients, mm -hmm. but also just not necessarily caring for that input, which is, I think, critical for, for treatment. You know, mm -hmm. and it's something huge that I incorporate with my patients. Um, I think we talked in a previous episode that I'm a little bit more, I give them some type of leeway in certain scenarios for different things. And this is something that I try to apply in, in different aspects of medicine every time that I'm trying to give a game plan. Mm -hmm. If I give them a recommendation, okay, this is what I would recommend for you to do. Can you tell me how doable that is for you? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm telling you, don't ever eat, I don't know, uh, grapefruit ever again, and you know deep down inside that you're gonna be like, as soon as I walk out of here, I'm going to eat 10, then mm -hmm. don't lie and don't say, okay, sure, I'm going to do it. And, and because it's not going to be beneficial for you, you know, whatever happens after the patient leaves the, the door, it's again, once again, your responsibility, your responsibility got you there and your responsibility is hopefully going to get you out of there. Yeah. But by uh, just agreeing, because you don't want to seem like you're this. In a, in a way rejecting or being disobedient to the provider's orders or the recommendations many times, especially Hispanics do that so much. Hispanics are like, yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, no problem, I'll do that, I'll do that. And then I call him to, you know, two weeks later, okay, how is it going? Well, I never did it. Well, why didn't you tell me? Well, I was embarrassed or I was afraid or I was shy. So being honest, being transparent, but also having a game plan that it's going to work well for you and for the patient. Because mm -hmm. if you give something unrealistic or something that the patient's not ready to commit to, then it's back to a square one. Yeah. And I think it's it's got to be collaboration. You know, mm -hmm. it definitely has to be collaboration and, and, and it's a team. So a lot of times what I recommend patients to do is like make sure that you have copies of your labs, your latest labs. If you have to go to the hospital, if you have to go to the doctor's office, go get the copy, go mm -hmm. get it yourself. You know, I know that especially right now with COVID, there's a lot of doctors that are not um, seeing patients. They're limiting how many patients they're seeing. They're under a lot of stress right now as well. They're not familiar with video chats. They're not um, familiar with um, telemedicine. I mean. I've been doing this for some time where I'm able to communicate with patients, you know, via, um, via, um, you know, video chat and so forth. And um, I think patients need to have one, they need to have whatever labs that are current with, uh, with them. Two, they really need to know what do they want from this. If you're just, I just want a prescription then if that's your intention, well, okay, that's your intention, you know, but if you're one that says, you know, doc, I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and mm -hmm. tired. I want something different. Medicine's not working for me anymore. Can we try something different? Mm -hmm. I think that's where 
the patient has to take responsibility and say, you know, and if the doctor says, why, well, I, I don't know, or, you know, or, you know, you start asking them the questions, but there's always, um, I always kind of go back to um, three things. Um, everything is going to be related to some sort of stress, whether it's physical stress, chemical stress, or emotional stress. Mm -hmm. You go to the off to the doctor's office. An example of physical stress could be you broke your arm, right? You sprained your ankle. Um, you're not sleeping right. Okay, you're not exercising enough. So now you you've gained this weight, or you had trouble breathing. Show anything that's physical that's not allowing your physical body to do what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you look at chemical stress. What is chemical? What is it that you're putting in your body, you know, in your mouth? <laughs> um, it's also what are you putting on your skin? Physical is also environment. It's environment. Well, what's in your house? You know, it could be EMFs. It could be your cell phone. Um, are you a painter? Do you work with a lot of, you know, paints or fumes? Are you a carpenter? Are you... Um, you know, uh, a car mechanic, any of those, or even if you're, we work in a dental office. So those are some of the um, environmental types of stresses. And then of course, the one that we always emphasize a lot is the emotional, right? So you have the physical, the chemical, the emotional, and they really always, always, always go into one of those three. Emotional stress could be everything from your work, your kids, your marriage, you know, um, schooling. It, it could be you don't feel good about yourself. So it really, it really comes down to all three of those. You know, it's going to be one of those. And it's usually going to be one that's triggering the other. So let's just say a person's not sleeping. And then they're cranky and they have bad relationships at work and at home. And then because they don't, they're not sleeping well, then they go to comfort foods. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like looking at, um, at all three. What, what are your, how, how do you see that? Do you see that too? Kind of like that little trifecta, that little triangle. Absolutely. And it's kind of the same thing that we've been covering, but explained in a different way and a very, very clear way. Mm -hmm. um, every a, a lot of these medical conditions that we were calling lifestyle conditions happen in that same manner. You know, it's what you're putting in your body, what you're doing with yourself, how you are living your life, how stress is affecting your life. So all these things lead up to all these medical conditions that then uh, lead up to you being in a medical office and needing medical care. So uh, it's it's the kind of like the, the trajectory that follows um, the emotional, the chemical and the physical, very well said. Yeah. And something else that you said very powerful, I was pretty um, amazed when you said that it's the power of intention that patients have at the time of the office visit. And that mm -hmm. is so true. Um, and that's something that I struggle personally as a provider. Um, and I have to be honest with you, because many times I, I know that there is a better way. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to communicate that with my patients. And I want to and I'm so honest and I communicate and I tell them all these things. And yet the expectation is just give me a medication. I don't want to listen to you. I don't care. You know, a medication is all I want. And it's so sad, but it's so true. You know, if the intention, if the intention that they said prior to the visit was, I'm going to get that medication and they don't get it, the expectation wasn't met. And many times providers are being seen as, as 
maybe not good at their practice because we didn't follow what the patient recommended. But mm -hmm. it, it's not always necessarily in the best practice. So mm -hmm. the power of intention for the patients yeah. and also for the providers, you know, the providers set intentions too for the visit. How well do you want the visit to go? How, how much are you willing to listen to the patient? Are you calm? Are you so the power of intention on both ends is huge. And I thought it was it was very, very nice that you put it that way, too. Yeah, sure. I, I think what would be um, a great visual for people is and, and I have like I have a pill and on the pill, it says responsibility and we could put another pill next to it says no responsibility. So the pill of responsibility would be the patient taking responsibility. The outcome would be they're more in control of how they're going to feel. Mm -hmm. If they take this, the pill that's, I don't want to be responsible for anything. Okay, all the side effects are going to be this, 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 and this. And kind of maybe giving them a visual and it's like, you know, and just kind of sharing that with them. It's like, it's really, and I know people don't like to hear as soon as you say you, they get very defensive. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, well, we have choices here. We have choices where we can either do this, um, consume the responsibility pill or the lack of responsibility. So and ultimately, a lot of the traditional medications that we use, uh, instead of taking the responsibility pill, if you decide to go the other pill, many times, like we've explaining before, those are those medications are not to treat many conditions. They help control in many ways, also based on how well you're living your life, how well you're feeding yourself and how much you're exercising. But there there is not a medication that is going to cure your blood pressure. There is not a medication that is going to cure your diabetes. There is simply not a medication that is going to cure that. There are medications that are going to help control that. If you want to mm -hmm. get rid of blood pressure, you got to get rid of your lifestyle that led you to that point. Exactly. And I that's the pill of responsibility. Yeah. And you know what I think too, um, because people tend to understand, I think more in stories as we were talking about, and it's almost like, okay, you keep coming in for a flat tire. You know, John, you keep coming in for a flat tire. It's like, yeah, you know, I take this route every day home from work and yeah, there's there's glass that's embedded in the or there's a dip. And every time I pass by it, I get a flat tire. So, OK, John, why don't you take a different way home? And then you wouldn't get the flat tire because what's the cause of the flat tire? Kind of the same thing with health. It's just like, well, what's the cause? You know, and even asking your doctor that, you know, your practitioner, it's like, you know, why do I have this? Mm -hmm. you know, there's always a reason why. Is there something, hey, doc, um, you know, uh, hey, your practitioner, you ask them, okay, what if I go um, uh, the conventional and the non-conventional way? You know, there's there's always more than one way to prepare mm -hmm. an egg, <laughs> you know? So um, it's just like, is there something that I can do? And, and like we talked about the, 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 the three, the pyramid of the stresses, the physical, the chemical, emotional, um, you know, where can I change? And, and people don't even know that. But like I said, I think when a person gets sick and tired and sick and tired, maybe they need to ask themselves, what do I, how am I responsible for that? It's not your doctor's responsibility that you're tired and he gave you the wrong pill or whatever. It's just like, it's your responsibility because you're the one that's tired and had to go to his office, 
You know, there's something that maybe you don't know that you're doing. So it's more of having like, um, like a partnership. Hey doc, what do we need to do here? A partnership is the, is the right word. And that's how I see it. And I think it's so crucial, so critical. And that's something that I've seen along the lines that helps the most. You know, I recently, I think within the last three months, right before the outbreak of COVID started, I was seeing a patient in clinic and her A1C was over 14%. Wow. Um, so immediately having the discussion of diet and exercise and the whole, you know, how, all the changes in the lifestyle that, what, that I was recommending. And then along the lines, I said, based on the recommendations, um, I would suggest for you to start insulin. So she said, I absolutely do not want to start insulin. I refuse. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it with lifestyle. So I was happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still let her know, you know, the medical guidelines say that over 10 and I explained the whole deal. And she said, no, no, no. If you want to give me metformin, I'll take metformin. I'm not starting insulin. And I was like, good for her. I just hope that she follows through because I've heard that so many times from different patients. And then once they get out of the office, they don't do anything. Right. Yeah. She came back three months later. I kid you not. The A1C was 6.8. Mm. So I had sent the insulin to the pharmacy. I told her, well, I'm going to send it. If you change your mind, it'll be waiting for, for you at the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. uh, so she never picked it up. I called the pharmacy. She never picked it up. Of course, she never used it. She barely was taking the metformin and she was like, I'm not liking the side effects of the medication. So she stopped taking it after about a week. She didn't tell me. She came back and saw me. 6.8 lifestyle. Right. So whether it's doable or not, that's not a question. You can go from severely, extremely mm -hmm. uncontrolled to literally being controlled in three months just by applying yourself on your lifestyle. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really about keeping the promises that you make to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a big thing, keeping the promises. Bit, but I believe that we all need accountability, you know, and you have, and you get to look at your practitioner, like I said, as your partner, maybe it's your coach, maybe they're your, look at them as your teammate. It's like, Hey, this is what I want. This is the outcome. But even I think as providers, we have to almost like, um, let them know that you know it's going to be either this or that you get you get to choose but in a way that that they understand the pain behind it if you keep drinking you know because i know that's happened with you know you'll have a, a fellow come in and he's been in, uh, drinking for 50 years the doctor tells them, hey, you know, you're going to you're going to end up with liver cancer or you're going to you're going to die if you don't stop drinking. Sometimes it'll stay. That's like a wake up call for them. And they know it's bad. But sometimes you have to hear that. Um, and other times they're like, oh, well, I just like my alcohol. You can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. because I think that the hardest part as a practitioner is when we want it more for them than they do. It's that like we're so banging true. our head and it's it like, why is he not doing that? Why is he not? And you can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's like, there's a bridge that's out over there. If you cross that bridge, you probably are going to die. You know, it's, it's like, you see that you see the mm -hmm. train wreck coming and you're trying to warn them. It's so, but, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it just, it, it, frustrates you as a practitioner. I know it frustrates me. So um, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's one of the biggest things. So, 
you know, kind of in and um, in bullet points, you know, I think number one is make sure that you have your labs with you. Okay, number two, know what you want to express to your doctor. Just get and you can just write it out. You know, the purpose of my visit is this, right? So you at least have things written out. So a lot of times they'll um, they're like, oh, I forgot to ask them this. So it's like write it down. The purpose of my visit is this. This is what my problem is. This is what I think it is. Um, how can I fix it? So that's a question you ask your doctor. How can I fix it? And you know, you want to take it to the third one. It's like, um, can I not take medication? Or if I do have to take medication, how long do I have to be on it? Um, what if I make um, dietary lifestyle changes? You know, will that help? So I think people need to just once again just take that responsibility. You know, it, it really comes down to um, you have a car. The way you drive the car and how long the car lasts depends on how you're how you're driving it and how much you're taking care of it. Mm -hmm. Our body's the same way, you know. Your car, you get your oil change, you get the tune-up, you get um, you get it washed, you get it waxed. You you do all that. Your insurance doesn't cover that, but you're still doing all that, right? The oil changes and everything. And I think for our body, it's the same thing. It's just like what are you doing? Are you doing those little, I like to do like, um, like little cleanses or like maybe a 24 hour fast or maybe just 24 hour, like I'm only going to have um, vegetables or just like none but soups or, you know, something that's going to be healing to the body. And I think when we start to look at our body, maybe like a vehicle that's going to carry us for life, it, it will definitely, um, um, be a lot more, um, I think doable for people, but they just have to take responsibility. That's just mm -hmm. really, that's the pill of the responsibility. Mm -hmm. That is huge. And the list is so important. I've had, I can't tell you how many times the patients are like calling me literally five minutes after they left the office or they're sending me an email or they're contacting me through the portal because they forgot to ask me, you know, a couple of questions. So having that list is important because like it's happened to all of us before when we go to the grocery store with the list in our minds, many times we forget half of the things that we were going to buy. So it happens the same way when we go to the doctor and it's probably even more likely to happen when you go to the hospital or to a clinic, because many times you're, whether or not you feel it, you may be a little bit stressed. And when we're stressed out, we think a little bit less. So we're less likely to remember those important things that we wanted to talk to um, our doctor or our provider. So yeah. it's very important. And I'm such a huge advocate of writing things down as we're talking. And not only that, but bring your questions in so we can go over all the questions face to face. And something else talking about lists um, that I think it's so important is for everybody to carry um, some sort of list of your medical diagnosis, of your medications as well. You don't know if you get into a car accident and you have to be transported to a hospital and they don't have your medical record. You don't know if you have to be seen by a random provider. And if you don't know what you have and you don't know what you take, we can really provide a good medical care for you. We don't know if the medication that, if, if you need to be on a medication, if it's gonna have a side effect or if it, there's contraindications based on the diagnosis that you have. So that's that's so, so important. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not a new provider, 
it happens to me many times at the place where I work currently. If you if you see the same provider over and over and over, and then you get referred out to a provider outside of the university and or outside of the medical facility, and you come back to the medical facility, many times we don't have those records. And I think patients think that every hospital and every clinic communicates with each other. And if you go to another place, we have the records immediately. And that's not the case. Unfortunately, in regards to medical records, we're so behind. Mm -hmm. I do think that ideally, and hopefully in the future, there's going to be a medical record system that connects with every medical facility, because that's ultimately the best medical practice for patients, for everybody to be connected and communicating about what's best for our patients. But that's mm -hmm. not the case. So every time, like you said, every time you go to a provider, have notes, have a list, keep a list or keep a, a list of medications and medical conditions in your wallet. You never know if you're going to need it. Mm -hmm. And then something else is learn what you have, learn your medical conditions and your medications, what they're for. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, okay, have you had any medical conditions? Oh no, I've never been diagnosed with anything. Okay, do you take any medications? Oh yeah, I take like five. Mm -hmm. Why do you take them then? Well, I don't know, they were given to me. I mean, that that blows my mind, yes. blows my mind. And then we start going through the medications and it's like, do you know what you're taking? I don't know, they told me to take them, so I take them. Mm -hmm. Please be informed. Please, please, please be informed. You know, if you're taking something, there's got to be a reason behind it. And if there is no reason behind it, you shouldn't be taking it. Absolutely. I totally agree. So having, um, having an intention, like you said, going in there, this is my problem. This is when it started. Be, these are my latest labs. Your history is very relevant. And mm -hmm. also... Um, a list of your medications and in, in our forums we have a we asked them to write down what have they taken like even their past history within the last year and why mm -hmm. and a lot of them they i'm like why are you taking this they're like i don't know isn't that a they don't even know why they're taking it and exactly. they could be taking two or three four medications i've seen this um for pretty much the same thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's stressing out your kidneys and you know your liver. So really questioning and asking, as we mentioned earlier, how long do I have to be on this? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, how long do I have to be on this? But you're right. I was going to ask you about that because, you know, you're I don't work with with um, drugs or anything. Everything is natural. But I always like to know what patients are taking because mm -hmm. I even look at supplements and where they say that. Mm -hmm. yeah you have to know also i mean there's a lot of products out there they're sourced from china mm -hmm. they're not really that great of a quality so you have to look at that and doctors have their line of um, uh, supplements that we we have for our patients and only doctors can order them a, a patient can't just go and buy it online on amazon or ebay whatever so uh, i think it's really important and so so let me ask you this Fernando. always curious so if there's a patient because i know in our town you have a lot of people that um, come here for several months because to get away from the winter and they come here and so if they have a pharmacy, let's say they, they're in Illinois, you know, mm -hmm. they have a pharmacy there, then they come to the to the the heat out here. So they're using two different pharmacies. 
they're not even in communication. They don't know what the other doctor has prescribed, what the person has. So there's like, they have no idea, right? And I have um, mentioning that I have a bunch of patients that live in Illinois for half of the year and half of the year down, down south in Florida or um, Arizona. And it's, yes. it's, it's so challenging. But I have to tell you that some patients make it so easy because they're, they do literally what, what we're talking about. Yeah. The six months that they're there, they're in constant communication with us, letting us know of everything that's going on. And then the six months that they're here, they're in constant communications or we're in constant communication with the providers down south. Mm -hmm. So I think it's not just the patient's accountability for keeping everything organized, but also if we're seeing a patient, if I'm seeing a patient for a hospital discharge visit or uh, an ER visit, it's my responsibility to look at those records. I have to know what went on. I have to know what was done mm -hmm. and what's next for me to do. So if I know that the patient was seen in some other medical place, I will get the records. However, that's easier said than done. Usually it takes filing forms and sending it by fax and it takes like a week to get records. So it's, yeah. again, it's, it goes back to not having a medical record that communicates um, nationally with all the providers, mm -hmm. it makes it a challenge for us to, to be able to obtain other medical records. But that's why it's important for patients also to be aware and, and request their own medical records every time they get seen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then sure. something else, something else that I wanted to say is I, that I think it's important. If you, um, if you have someone that can go with you to your visit, someone that is going to be able to listen and um, maybe take notes as well or something. I think that's important because mm -hmm. many times, I can't tell you how many times I've educated patients for 30 minutes over something, a medical <laughs> condition, and they walk out and they're asking my assistant about something that I just talked about. So you, when you're stressed out, let's say it was a new diagnosis, and you're under stress because you were just diagnosed with something and we're explaining, we're giving all these explanations in your head. All you're hearing is I have what literally. So everything else after you have this goes blank. Yes. So having somebody else in your office, if you have, if you can, every time you go to the provider, that's a huge thing that I recommend. Yeah. Well, and one of the beauty of concierge medicine, functional medicine is that at least I know what we do in our practice. And, you know, that's why we charge more too, is because, you know, um, I give them a protocol and it's actually videotaped. So oh, if I'm reviewing, reviewing their labs and we went over their labs, I kind of take like five minutes, you know, I highlight and say, okay, this was high, this was high, this is what this means, this is what that means. Um, these are some of the causes, this is going to be the plan of action, you know, what we need to do. You know, awesome. It's kind of like a one, two, three steps. So, you know, you can't do that for a reimbursement of $40. Mm -hmm. You just can't. The doctor's not going to do it. They're too busy. They can't do that for every single patient. So it really comes down to also the quality of care you get. It, it really don't skip out on that. I just have to reemphasize that to people. I'm like, you know, you spend all this money on boats, on cars, on toys, on your house, you know, invest that in you. This is this is your vehicle for life that you're going to have for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Invest in that. Don't be a cheapskate. 
<laughs> you know, I just gotta yeah. just don't be a cheapskate. And if you're gonna be a cheapskate, then be willing to suffer the consequences. You know, mm -hmm. as as harsh as that might sound, you know, but it's just like, okay, well then you have to be willing, you have to be willing to suffer the consequences, mm -hmm. you know. You are your best inversion, you know, there is only one of you. You gotta you yeah. have to be okay. Yeah. And I agree, and and that's something that I always advocate for. If you don't think you're getting good medical care, go somewhere else. There is more options. You can you don't have to stick with one person, and that's I think something that a lot of patients have the misconception, or they are embarrassed to switch because they don't want the provider to think something bad of them. I, I, there is some emotional something there where patients are not happy, but they're they're not switching. If you're not happy with the care switch change it i mean you're paying for care so yeah. it's got to be something that where you feel that you're being taken care of and there is some some provider out there for every person um that is going to fulfill your needs so yeah and write down why you're not why you're not happy what what is your challenge but also come up with some viable solutions because mm -hmm. once again it does go back true responsibility of the patient mm -hmm. it's not the doctor's job to heal you mm -hmm. your body heals itself under the right conditions what are you not doing and what are you doing the that's important needs to always go back to you as a patient as a human being otherwise you're going to be at the mercy of everyone else all the time and i know you and i agree on that and that's the importance of the mind training and it has to be a daily, daily, daily thing. Mm -hmm. so. Ultimately, it comes down to being accountable and being responsible for Absolutely. your choices and for being where you are. Yeah. One last thing that I want to share, just because I think it's important. Many places um, have medical records, access to medical records. I don't know in functional medicine, but in traditional Western medicine, um, many places offer a MyChart or a portal or mm -hmm. a, some sort of user uh, friendly app that you can connect to. So if you go to the provider, ask about this because it makes it so mm -hmm. much easier to have a lot of access to, to a lot of your medical record, okay. like literally on your phone or on your mm -hmm. computer, vaccines, mm -hmm. medications, diagnosis, um, you know, your visit summary, so many things that mm -hmm. otherwise many times you wouldn't, you would not know this information. So if there is a, uh, a portal or something like that, an app, I would encourage everybody to download it. And that makes communication between you and other providers also so much easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a good place to, to close up here. But yeah. um, I hope that this helps people. I think it will. And, you know, this is your health. That's why we're doing this is because we want people to be the best versions of themselves. And when we, our health is our wealth. Absolutely. Down to that. So that was a good way to end it. Your yeah. your health is your wealth. Yeah. And we'll see you everybody next we'll week. You Thank next you for week. connecting. All right. All Bye. right. Bye.